Welcome to the Underappreciated Movie Podcast, where four friends discuss movies that they love, but nobody else does. Hello! Hello! <laughs> I'm Elaine. That's annoying. Welcome, I'm Carly. I'm John. I'm Mrs. Doubtfire. You are? No. Each but of us has, Winston. has picked a specific movie genre. I have horror thriller. I have science fiction fantasy. I have drama and romance. I have action adventure. We take turns Uh-oh. picking. <laughs> <laughs> we take turns selecting from a movie genre movies that, in our opinion, have not received the respect they deserve. You won't see any of these movies on anyone's top ten list, but maybe by listening to our podcast, you can give these films a second chance. Today's pick on the podcast is Elaine's pick: Space Invaders. I don't know why. You always have <laughs> to sprinkle fairy dust. Nineteen nineties Space Invaders. Mm-hmm. Now. Before we, I say anything about this movie, I want to say one thing. This is a family movie, and the kind of family movie that someone from two years old to 200, so maybe a vampire, <laughs> might enjoy. I want you guys to keep might. that in mind before you shit all over my movie. <laughs> that the audience of this is somebody who's just trying to put on something on Halloween while their kids eat themselves into a sugar coma. Okay? Right. Just something that without excellent nipple placement hmm. and drinking and, yeah, and slashing. There's a little drinking in here, though. Yeah, but... All right, so this movie... Space <laughs> it was 1990 drinking. It's completely different. <laughs> yeah, 19- this movie came out in 1990. This is a movie about aliens that um, over here... A Orson Welles War of the Worlds broadcast and think that the Earth is being invaded mm-hmm. and come to meet up with the invasion fleet and hijinks ensue. She's stealing um, my, my shit there. Hijinks, hijinks? ensue, yeah. Right, well, the hijinks do ensue. It's usually so, hilarity ensues, though. On IMDb, it has a 5.3 out of 10. And then on Rotten Tomatoes, it has an audience score of 57% and a thermometer of 8 <laughs> we saw that. I was like, whoa. Well, it's scraped past Jack Frost. <laughs> it is one of the lowest Eight. movies we've done. Um, what Eight. was the lowest? Anybody know? Probably Jack Frost. Probably Jack Frost. I don't know. So, something had a really low score that we were all surprised about. I can't remember what it was. Was it Life in the... No, that, no. Um, what was I don't it know. that movie that you did with the vampire? Only Lovers Left no, Alive. No, that one no, was high. That was one... Critics her, love that movie. Her <laughs> movies the critics love. Mm. <laughs> she, like, Whale Rider. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it had a budget of $3 million, and it made 15 15 15 so it did fairly yep. well. Beat it, beat it by 1%, no matter how many yep. reviews <laughs> I put on there, or people put on there. <laughs> well, I saw you tried to put a good review for Jack Frost, and I went on there, and I helped take it down. Oh, oh. you canceled it out? Yeah, I did. No, I'm I'm, I'm going. I'm putting a Space Invader review on right now. I'm kidding. I'm like, Yelp. I'm this, kidding. Space Invaders touched me inappropriately. I'm kidding. <laughs> I, have never, I have never went on and did an IMDb review. Or I did do one for Jack Frost to see if That's it would go funny. up by one. <laughs> I did rent so this, this on... So this just in, Rotten Tomatoes score has dropped to four. <laughs> I did rent this... And I did score it three and a half stars. <laughs> we <laughs> found funny, it for free on it, YouTube. Which is I on did not. Yeah. I yeah. didn't. So she rented this and put it at three and a half stars, and I changed it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. To five because it was so good. I'm not gonna tell you. <laughs> he did then say, you know, you rented this movie and it's free on YouTube, and I was like. I thought I didn't saw that it was not, but in my defense, I've been up for days. <laughs> like I checked it on YouTube because I like to see if there's like yeah. some commentary or something like that, some cool stuff. Hey, did you know that this is this? 
This is pretty cool. And the first thing that came up was the fucking movie. I, I thought like, I checked, oh. but I must have forgot. All right, so this is directed by Patrick Reed Johnson, who also directed Baby's Day Out. Never heard of it. He's, I have heard of it, but I did not he, watch it. He's a director, an actor, a producer, and he used to be into visual effects because he did visual effects on Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. He oh, was in charge oh. of the miniatures. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm looking he, forward to did that. Did he do the togas or the Napoleon hat? I don't know. <laughs> I'm looking forward to the third okay. Bill and Ted. He yeah. also wrote this movie in conjunction with someone named Scott Lawrence Alexander, who this is his only credit on IMDb. So, Shocking. I don't know, his brother, his, maybe his brother-in-law. So, we only had one good, one good idea in yeah, life, something. and this was it? Okay. Um, the actors in this movie are not necessarily notable, but... <laughs> the girl from Jurassic <laughs> Park. Not necessarily notable. Well, the highest, a- the highest actor credit goes to uh, Sheriff Sam, who's played by Douglas Barr, and he directed a shit ton of TV movies. Yes, all TV movies. But he was also Charlene's husband on Designing Women. I wrote that. I recognized him. I wrote that down, that he was in 13 episodes of Designing Women. I love Designing Women. get that? He also, I didn't watch that no. show. Sorry. He also directed 14 episodes of Sweet Valley High. I didn't watch That's that That's just for Audra. <laughs> um, and he directed... Why you put her out like that? Well, because me and Audra watched that show, and I wrote that down just for Audra, because yeah. she'll enjoy that. And then he directed the 1999's Switched at Birth. It was a Hallmark movie, I think, and or a Lifetime movie. I'm pretty sure I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> when I was looking through the credits, quite a few of them seem like Hallmark or, or Lifetime. Lifetime movies. Pretty sure I might have watched that when I was homesick one day. Because I was like, that guy looks familiar. So then I'm looking and I'm like, holy crap. That's a lot of TV movies. <laughs> the most the most famous actor, or I'm going to say the second most famous actor in this movie, is uh, Ariana Richards, who plays the little girl Kathy, who was in Jurassic Park, and also plays the little girl Mindy in Tremors, which Tony would know if he would actually watch that movie. <laughs> He's got a great face, Ben. Just, it's fantastic. <laughs> I heard uh, that movie's dog trash. home tonight, we're watching all the Tremors. The, uh, no, no, don't watch them all. <laughs> I got work in the morning. Well, <laughs> you're calling in sick. All right. Old Man Wrenchmuller is pay- played by a gentleman named Royal Dano, and he has 193 acting credits. Good Lord. Um, and the most, according to IMDb, the first movie that pops up, like when it says they're notable ones, is Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Nice. <laughs> so he was in a, a lot of things. I mean, we'll have to wait and see. <laughs> um, Mrs. Vanderspool... The mom that takes him trick-or-treating mm-hmm. is played by Patricia Darbo, returning to the podcast, for, formerly on our Burbs episode as Art's wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's been in a bunch of stuff in the 80s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I looked up hers, I was like, damn, she might be the most famous person. <laughs> Saving the best for last. The most famous <clears throat> actor in this movie. has got to be one of the aliens. No. Is the Mr. Clem Becker, the banker, played by Greg Berger. He has been in two of our previous episodes. Wow. What? I didn't look him up. He, in, he's a voice actor. He's in, oh, he was in Transformers. so much shit. <laughs> he was the equestrian master in Little Nemo Adventures in Slumberland. I forgot oh. about that. Oh. And <laughs> he was Grimlock in the Transformers movie. Oh. Wow. And that means he's like 10 other Transformers too. But. Oh, he's in a shit ton of stuff. Because <laughs> they did like 17 voices apiece. That's he's pretty cool. All kinds of cartoons and all kinds of video games, but he's definitely welcome back to the podcast. Awesome. And I wrote down all the actors that played the aliens, but none of them are very. But it's only like an hour and a half podcast when it comes time. <laughs> the most famous one is the one that plays Pez, and that is Tony Cox, who was in Bad Santa. Yeah. But I know that you guys don't even know which alien is which. Nope. 
I know one's Jack Nicholson. That's the only one I know. I That's know which Blasney. one was the pilot. Blasney. And I know I which one was down. the captain. But the rest of them? Captain Bipto. <laughs> I know all And I think names. the only reason I know which one is these those two is because they were separate from the other ones for most of the movie. <laughs> no. Pez, Pez is the one in the red jacket. <laughs> the navigator. Mm. One of them is German. Uh, that would be Dr. Ziploc, yeah. who's played by a woman, Debbie Carrington. Is this what I sound like when I talk Transformers? Gilly, yeah. The other one is Gillywig, which is the one that keeps um, saying prepare to die or scum. This is exactly what you sound like. Okay, yeah. I won't do that anymore. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you will. <laughs> what did you think going into this movie, John? I thought, I've never heard of this, so I better watch the trailer. And then I wished I had that minute and a half back. <laughs> Oh, stick through the heart. That's what I thought. But then I watched the movie. And changed my rating to a five stars. Tony. <laughs> I thought I had heard of this, but I did not. Let's There's a lot of movies that are kind of like this, but this is a little more lighthearted. Because it's kind of like Critters. It's kind of like a bunch of those movies. So I thought that I'd seen this, but I had not seen this. All right. Carly. I had never heard of it. And when you told us the title, I was like, is this a movie about aliens that get high? (laughs) (laughs) Spaced Invaders. (laughs) All right. I have a couple of reviews. Oh, good. The Tosher. The Tosser? Tosher. T-O-S-H-E-R. The Tosher. Tosh point now? Maybe. This is titled, without question, the worst movie I've ever seen. Wow. The worst Imagine you're a high school boy in the back of a dark, uncrowded theater with your girlfriend. How bad would a movie have to be in order that you would feel compelled to leave the theater and head home before it ended? This movie is that bad. (laughs) Really. Movies often become so bad that they're good. This movie is beyond that stage of badness. It is painfully bad, horribly, terribly, crime against humanity bad. Wow. Yes. He harsh. Well, Jason X hadn't come out yet. That's true. To be fair. All right, well, we'll have to pass them. And then um, W. Jeffer says, rates it 10 out of 10. Very fun takeoff on alien movies. Zany and fun. This is all this movie is about. Don't think about trying to read too much into it. If you do, you'll be sorely disappointed. It's just a farcical takeoff on a monster movie and contains some real good slapstick moments. No violence, no sex, no foul language, safe for the kids and fun for the adults. Which I'm agree with and there we go and oh sorry sorry let me vamp let me vamp by saying the word vamp which is the opposite of vamping okay it's funny she spent time like i gotta prep for the podcast and then now she's all out of work i accidentally closed my photo thing when i needed it for something else okay so (laughs) our adventure begins our adventure begins we open on a dusty red lamps landscape, and we're kind of we get the credits. And I don't know this part at all. I don't either. <laughs> I was like, you weren't paying attention at this point. You had the cat video up on your phone for the oh, kitten. Yeah, I well, I set it up while he wasn't paying attention. No, okay, yeah. So there was like a dusty red landscape, which kind of makes you think of Mars. Okay. And then there's an explosion. Mm-hmm. Or no, then there's the title card, then there's an explosion, and then we see a bunch of spaceships. I saw the spaceships. All right. This is the Imperial, and then we get a little text that says, Imperial Atomic Space Navy Battle Group 7, Martian Territorial Frontier. Hmm. And we go into a spaceship, and we're in some kind of audience hall, 
and we have a meeting of our Martians. We've got three gentlemen, I assume, are battle commanders, and another gentleman who is not a battle commander. <laughs> and we've been told that the fleet admiral has been replaced. He has lost too many men and has failed too many missions, and their, I can't remember if it's emperor, king, whatever, his majesty has sent this gentleman to fix the problem. And he tells them that all of their ships have been equipped with enforcer drones to make sure that all orders are followed. And any deviation from the invasion plan will result in immediate, immediate disciplinary review. And one of the commanders is like, well, that's outrageous. Things change in a battle. We have to adapt plans. There's no way I'm putting these disciplined drones on my ships. I'm not going to do that to my men. <laughs> and so the disciplined drone zaps him. He disintegrates. That's some disciplinary action. Yeah. <laughs> and the other guys are like, oh, we got no problem with it. Just put them anywhere you like. <laughs> and then. And then. Oh, and then. Then Sorry. we flash to Earth. <laughs> And a sign that says, Welcome to Big Bean, Illinois. I love the name Big Bean. <clears throat> Is that an actual place? I, for, I was going to look it up and forgot to. And <laughs> I, I could probably know. do it now on the Google machine, but, you know. So all of our uh, friends out there in Big Bean, sorry, I didn't know you existed. Welcome. <laughs> Good luck well, on the street sign. This <laughs> town was quite small. We see the sheriff. We go through the town. We see the sheriff arriving. And we get an impression that this is the tiniest, tiniest podunk town in all of Illinois. The sheriff is talking over his walkie-talkie. Walkie-talkie. Here to we go his, with that again. <laughs> it's just a funny, it's funny, right? Walkie-talkie. To Russell, his it's deputy. Like wangy <laughs> Russell is camped out in his patrol car next to the town's brand new off-ramp. Big Bean Town is not real. Mm. Oh. But they do have a fake off-ramp. And Russell is parked right out there because he's going to get the first speeder in the history of... Big Bean. Big Bean, which... I want to work apparently, for the big <laughs> a, which is apparently the sheriff just started, and he didn't replace the sheriff. He just they've only just now opened the position of sheriff of Big Bean. Mm -hmm. Like there had to have been some sort of law enforcement, but maybe it's that small. I don't know. Question mark. Maybe maybe they just got the laser things. Yeah. Radar. Radar. <laughs> maybe. But this is to show us no, how small thing. this town is. <laughs> you mean is. radar? Radar. <laughs> then we see. We fly, we, then we see a crazy old man jump out of a truck with a shotgun heading towards the bank. And the sheriff is like, holy shit, what is going down? Goes, mm -hmm. grabs his gun, tries to stop him, and uh, talks the old man down. And it's like, what's happening? Then he gives him the fucking gun back. Yeah, well, <laughs> well he, it's not he gives That's it not to the him. fucking point. He was going to go shoot a guy. No, it was Well, he's going to go scare a guy. He's going to go scare a guy. Guess what? That'll still get you shot. <laughs> and the old man explains that he was going to go into the farmer's trust bank because they are foreclosing on his farm. And as the sheriff is trying to keep this old man calm, Clem Becker, <laughs> Grimlock himself, comes out and is a giant fucking asshole <laughs> and says that we are going to repossess Mr. Wrenchmuller's farm unless he comes with all, up with all the money or a crop to sign over by tomorrow morning and of course mr wrench mueller is not going to be able to do that so and the sheriff tries to say well i'll look into this we'll go to the judge we'll get this figured out it's fall he's not going to have a crop Nobody's for a whole nother year can't we just wait on this and they pretty much tell the sheriff to butt out you're new here and you don't know what you're talking about 
Then we go back to space. And it's the Arturus system. And we see a giant space battle. Things are not going well. The disciplinary drones have not allowed them to deviate from the battle plan. And as such, they're all being killed. Yeah. In fact, they're hurtling towards the sun, about to be destroyed. They would already be burnt to shit if they were that close to a star. I don't think they were that close, but I think they were unable to change their trajectory. Trajectory? Well, then you'd have to be pretty far... You'd have to be pretty close at that point, and I gotta say, you'd be burned up by then. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? Fuck physics. Don't worry. Keep going. Well, they had time to send out a... Didr- they they sent Much- out a, dr- a distress call. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. Yeah, the distress call. I'm, I'm telling you, you know what happened. I got the answer. It just came to me. Just came to me. Please Much don't. like the guy from The Martian, he, they scienced the shit out of that thing. <laughs> well... They, sent, they, had, they thought they had enough time to send out a distress call that would be answered. And, um... Then we flash to the sheriff's house. He's having an early dinner with his daughter, Kathy. Kathy's in her Halloween costume, and they're talking about how they just moved there, and she has to go trick-or-treating with all these strangers. It's an impressive Halloween costume. Yes. It was. It is. She is dressed up. They spent some money on that thing. Mm -hmm. She's dressed up as an alien, and that is an alien with a capital A, as in from the movie Aliens. Xenomorph. Xenomorph. Yes. Yes. And it's a pretty good xenomorph. Yeah, it's really good. And she's she's complaining because she's like, "Well, I'm going to go out dressed like this, and they're going to be dressed up like what couches and corn or something." Yeah. But she underestimates their skills because Brian the duck has a great costume. Really, well, Elaine's favorite tertiary object. I think you're quackers, but uh, <laughs> it was a good costume. So and when you don't see it. Right? Uh, look, yeah. first of all, it wasn't that good. She had to say, "So what are you?" And he had to tell her, "I'm a duck." <laughs> So it can't be that good. Well, I think she was the first mark of a bad costume is what are you? I think she was asking if he was a famous duck. Oh. Like Howard? Like Howard. Or Donald. Yeah. Well, he clearly wasn't Donald. He I wasn't know. wearing a blue I shirt. Know. Duh. <laughs> but anywho's. He wasn't Porky Pigging it, you know, just no pants. Night falls. Sure and we're at the sure radio station. <laughs> and our evening DJ, in honor of the occasion of Halloween, is playing the old Orson Welles' broadcast of War of the World. I wonder what it cost for them to play that. Is that it's, paper? It's, it might be... Um, Open source? Yeah. Really? It's, it was a long time ago. It was. I know it's the It's 1920-something. Yeah. Well, even still, I don't think it would cost very much to... You'd be surprised. Do you know the song Happy Birthday is copyrighted? $10,000 every time you put it in a movie. Not anymore. It's open source now. Is it? Yeah, like two years ago. Damn. I finally remembered that fun fact, and it was useless. Well, you now. remembered it from 1990, right? <laughs> it, it in it 1990, was then. <laughs> they had to pay $10,000. It's like uh, how like the big game is trademarked. Oh God, yeah, can't say anything like Super Bowl anymore. Oh. I'm s- unless you have the a really, big game. Unless you have a really big toilet bowl, that's a Super Bowl. Yep. <laughs> or you put a cape on a toilet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, Super Crappers aside. Um. So he's, they, we start to hear the War of the Worlds, and we flash through different scenes of the town. We see, you know, the kids gathering up for trick-or-treating. We see some old people sitting on a porch. We see sad Wrenchmuller. We just kind of go all over our sleepy town setting the stage. This scene actually takes way too long. I know they want to he- play some of the World of War of the Worlds, but at the same time, it takes way too long. <laughs> and then we go into space. And we see the asteroid parole 
patrol, parole, yeah. patrol ship. Yes, patrol. And they heard a distress call from the fleet, but they're getting interference, so they have to leave the asteroid belt and to um, pick up to get a better signal. And when they do, they pick up the War of the Worlds broadcast. And then they hear that the evasion has started on Earth. And they're like, hey, I thought we were supposed to be on our Taurus. But they must have decided that it was time to kill all those human scum. And they're going to go and join the fleet and get in on this invasion. Miscommunications. Mm-hmm. Then we see this. Sh- we go back to Earth and the sheriff drops off Kathy at the house for, you know, the Halloween party. And they're going to meet up later at the community center. And she's super sad. She says that she's probably the only alien for a billion miles, which is not true. (laughs) Not yet. All right. Then we flash to Russell, still sitting next to the new Mm off-ramp, hopefully waiting on that first uh, speeder. Earlier, the sheriff said, well, I know where I'll send your Christmas present because you won't be sitting there for a long time. (laughs) But fortunately, he's got a video camera so he can vlog the whole experience. Mm-hmm. He was vlogging before it was cool. Yep. Yep. You know what? I, I didn't think about that, but yeah. <laughs> then we go to uh, Mr. Wrenchmuller's farm, and it's him. He's talking to Jim, his dog, and uh, he's pretty sad. They're gonna have to sell the. F- they're gonna have to sell the farm and go live with his sister, and her poodle. Jim doesn't want to live with the poodle. Not he well. doesn't want to live with his sister either, <laughs> and he's sadly looking out the window and asks Jim. Why did I have to go and get old? And as he turns away, in the background, we can see the spaceship entering the atmosphere. Russell, his, ra- his uh, radar goes off. and uh, Oh, the laser thing, as Tony likes to call it. The <laughs> laser thing. And he gets really excited, and he tells his vlog audience, mm-hmm. Watch now as I teach this automotive scoff law a lesson in motor vehicular responsibility. I really like that line. <laughs> There's some good one-liners in this. There are? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Die, Earth scum! <laughs> and the spaceship goes by, and it goes down the road and past the old people on the porch, and it blows them clean off the porch. Yeah. Three, 3,000 miles an hour will do that. But they're not dead. No. <laughs> no, because this is a family. This is like Officer Superior. He's fine. Yes. <laughs> well, not well, even that. They come back. When it went by the car, the police car, mm-hmm. it looked like it ruined it. Like, that yeah. car's not going anywhere. And mm-hmm. then when it went by the people, I was like, oh, but they're fine. Yeah. Well, no maybe worries. it had slowed down to 2,000 miles an hour by the time it got there. <laughs> and it crashes into old uh, Mr. Wrenchmuller's barn. Mm. And then we <laughs> we get to meet our aliens. Blasney is the pilot. Captain Bipto is wearing green. Pez is in the red ja- the red varsity jacket, where an alien gets a varsity jacket. I don't know. Maybe he was all state and Martian track. Dontello does machines. Uh, Dr. Ziploc <laughs> is in black, and Gillywig is in brown. And Michelangelo was a party dude. And I know that none of you mm-hmm. know what I'm talking about, <laughs> but I am going to use their names. The pilot and the captain are the only two I know. All right. <laughs> captain Blip- Blipko? Bipto. B-I-P-T-O. Bipto. Sergeant Bilko. No, Bipto. All right. All right. So, 
When they crash into the barn, the ship is damaged. So Blaze needs Sates back to guard the ship and repair it. Mm-hmm. And Captain Bipto, Pez, Gillywig, and Dr. Ziploc go to join the Who invasion fleet. I don't. It's, Cricket, this is worse than. No, it's not worse than Horbath. <laughs> no, it's, it's like a spoof kind of parody movie a little bit. It's I was going to say silly. it's worse than Horbath, but nothing's worse than Horbath. These names are silly, and they're supposed to be silly. Like it's Horbath. more fun that way. But they exit the barn. Prepare to die, Earth scum! Where is everybody? And Captain Bipto says, <laughs> blowing up all the good stuff. Come on, men! <laughs> and Elaine, they. Elaine, you get an audio drama. So <laughs> we don't charge extra, though. No, this is like War of the Worlds. <laughs> yes. And they take off. And then as they're, they go and leave, and we flash back to Blasney on the ship, and he tells the disciplinary drone that, just for the record, he thinks this was a bad idea. And the drone says, you better hope not. So, this is where, if, and it's very scary. That was a good line. And then, Wrenchmuller and Jim. It's, a really, it's another great name, Wrenchmuller. <laughs> they see that the that the alien spaceship has crashed into the barn and that the aliens have gone and he tells Jim that it's all up to him to save everyone and they're going to start setting some traps or they're going to save the world <laughs> and then um, did we, the dog get the mouse trap yet? no Okay. we flash back to um, the rest of our Martian troops and they're at the road <laughs> and they're like what is it? And Captain Bipto's like, it's a road. And Gillywig says, no, it's a minefield. It's a long so, thing with white lines. What do you think it is? It's a road. No. So they tell Pez to check it out. And he's like, why do I have to check it out? But they they send a robot. Because Dr. Ziploc It was has, one of those party poppers. It was a giant party popper. Yeah, it turned into a cute little robot. And he goes and checks out the road. And Captain Pipto's like, see, it's fine. And mm-hmm. goes into the road and immediately gets hit by a truck. Bloom. Who hit Sploosh. him? Um, Clem Becker. Clem Becker. I didn't know his name. I forgot. And uh, the aliens... I was going to say Tallywhacker. Freak, no. The Martians <laughs> freak out. <laughs> so then we flash to the gas station. And the sheriff gets gas. Mm-hmm. Chats up with Vern, who is Zorro. Dressed as Zorro. Oh, he's going to get more interesting. He <laughs> is. And then, uh, then we like, flash. <laughs> then we go to Kathy, sitting outside, sad and alone. And Brian the Duck comes up. Can we call him Howard? No, we're going to call him Brian, because right. that's his name. <laughs> He'd be a lot cooler if his name was Howard. This is his only acting credit. Oh, well, what Brian you, the what, Duck. You, know, you can't peak too soon. This is what happens. I don't know. Like Leonardo DiCaprio, just kept trying. <laughs> he had just started with the duck. He has an adorable lisp. <laughs> oh, he's a very cute kid. I just, he's a good, good kid actors in this movie. I don't know about that. I just that. feel bad because he has to wear the bill the whole, almost the whole movie, so you don't really get to even see the kid until 12. Well, about, that's that's halfway it comes off, but it, it might be more yeah. than three quarters. But uh, he asks, he, he says her costume is really cool, and she says that uh, she used to hang out with her uncle, who does costume designs. And Which is a really cool j- movie job. Best movie job ever. She <laughs> says he taught her a lot. She made this costume herself built with skills she learned from her uncle. Good on Which is awesome. Yeah. This Pretty is much better than building boats that you don't sell. <laughs> and I make my own Halloween costumes because if you make them yourself, they're better than the ones at the store. <laughs> but I've never made one quite like that. 
Well, impressive. Halloween's coming, so it's it's a goal. I don't think I'm dressing up this <laughs> We did go as Ninja Turtles. That was fun. <laughs> and we made those ourselves. Yes, yeah. we did. We flashed to our Martian buddies, and they're in some bushes, and they've uh, picked their first target to attack, and Gillywig says that we're going to go and attack this place, and Pez asks who died and put him in charge, and he responds with Captain Bipto, <laughs> which is not, which is funny, but not okay. <laughs> I thought that was an appropriate answer. So we flash back to Kathy and Brian, and they're chatting, and we find out that Kathy's mom died, mm-hmm. and... Brian says that that's super sad, and they're having this emotional moment, which doesn't belong in this movie at all. <laughs> and then Mrs. And then Mrs. Vanderpool tell, says, "All right, kids, it's time to go trick or treating," and they all pile in the station wagon. And I have a question: Does she have a kid? No. Or is she just the neighborhood lady who takes the kids? <laughs> She's the strange lady who drove all the neighborhood kids around. <laughs> I feel like. To get candy on Halloween. This is wrong. They don't They don't tell you about any of the other kids. So one of them could be her kid. Maybe it's her niece and nephew. Maybe she's just one of, like, the church volunteers. Because they're going to, like, everybody meets up at the community center at the end. Mm-hmm. So they might have just divide, you know, asked for volunteers. And she might have just was volunteered. There was a lot more kids, it looked like, in the spook house luck. than would fit in Tony one station it. wagon. Yeah. So maybe... She's just a friend who's helping out. Maybe. Well, they say she's just a friend, but you know, <laughs> I mean, if it's a, if it's a really small town, I guess, and they all know her, and yeah, you know. I guess it's not creepy yet. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. When I first saw this movie, it was creepy, and that was this morning. So, <laughs> <laughs> and um, then we go to the gas station again, and this time, Clem Becker. Uh, he's got a lady in the car with him, he and he has a cold beer and a hot, hot chick. He says, "I got a hot woman and a cold beer, and I want to keep them that way." I was close, yeah. Which is not okay. And as he says this, he's leaning out the truck window with a beer in his hand. Because in 1990, so, that was not okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, they just got law enforcement in this town. Yeah. So well, before I'm that, just it was saying, Armageddon. You know, Russell is camped out by the brand new off-ramp all day, worried about one spe- catching a speeder, when he should be getting Klembecker for DUI. Mm-hmm. Like At least open container. At least open container. But... Something and then not paying for gas and that poor That's woman. Illegal. He does drive off. He lose your license over that. And the, the poor woman <laughs> allegedly. The poor woman that's with him looks like an abuse looks, victim. Looks like she okay. needs someone to ask. Are, are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> Blink because twice. she's looking at the the gas pumper guy, <laughs> like help, and numna tallywhacker closes right. the window on his hat. That's true. And then Vern notices that there's something stuck to the front of Klembecker's truck. And he sprays it with Windex. And he sprays it with Windex. Because he watched a big fat Greek wedding and that's the solution <laughs> anything. Put some Windex on it. And, and Klembecker gets out and says, don't do that. Here, use this and gets a shovel. There's no shovel at that. <coughs> and Vern pries poor Captain Bipto off the truck with a shovel. Yikes. And they're not like, you ran over... A child. A child in an alien costume. <laughs> They're like, ew. <laughs> like, that's one hell of a cricket. Yeah. <laughs> and they just kind of blow it off. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> they do blow it off. And not only that, then Clem Becker asks Vern if his Cadillac is ready and that it better be clean. And Vern says it'll be ready for you to pick up tomorrow. 
And then he just, and then Vern says, this will be such and such dollars. He's like, it's a dollar ten a gallon. We gave you 13 gallons, so let me do the math here. And then, and he drives off, and uh, Vern calls him a butthead. He's basically the old guy from Roadhouse. He's not that cool. (laughs) He runs the whole town. J.C. Penney's coming here because of him. Yeah. (laughs) But he's not, he doesn't drive (laughs) both sides of the road. All right. So we go back to our Martians. Got the pain. (laughs) We go back to we our... should do Roadhouse. Hell yeah. <laughs> we go right back now. to our Martians. <laughs> I hate you guys. Hold on a second. I got to look something up. <laughs> when is my next podcast? Oh, I go next. Okay. So <laughs> we go back to our Martians and they go up to the house and yell. Gillywig yells, prepare to die or scum. And Mrs. Vanderpool starts giggling and says, your costumes are fantastic. Come on, get in the car, kids. We're going trick-or-treating. Except there's one day a year. You don't want to invade Earth. It's Halloween. You know, we don't really need to rewatch Roadhouse. We could just do it. Probably. Yeah. But the I aliens... Shocking. <laughs> we'll describe it that well. They're going to do an audio drum. <laughs> well, the aliens have a little combo and decide to get in the car and go trick-or-treating. <coughs> You're right over there. Oh, Hopeful, sure. in hopes that they'll meet up with the rest of the invasion fleet. They want to kind of get on the inside. Spy. Brian then spots the robot, and he's like, "What the hell is that?" And uh, Kathy thinks it's really cool, and Gillywig tells Mrs. Vander. They're in the car, and then Gillywig tells Mrs. V again to prepare to die. Or no, <laughs> sorry. Brian spots the robot. And then Gillywig says, again, prepare to die or scum. And Mrs. V grabs him by the antenna and tells him to get in the car. <laughs> like a mom grabbing you by your ear. And he's like, don't sass me. Sorry, I got that a little confused. It's all right. It's a lot of names. All right. Then we flash back to the gas station. And uh, Captain Bipto is alive. Which I had forgot that he was alive. I thought I was he was really dead. Shocked. <laughs> After they peeled them off the front of the truck and they didn't go, oh, this is a being. <laughs> it's been a long time since I saw this movie and I forgot that he didn't actually die. This, this uh, grasshopper has two arms and two legs. And two skeletons. <laughs> but he attacks Vern and attaches a device to the back of his neck and turns him into Verntroid. And Verntroid? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He tells Verntroid that he can't... Um, connects to he can't contact his men or the invasion fleet and that he needs Vern to build them an attack vehicle mm-hmm. all right then we got our trick-or-treaters they go up to a door whose house is it mr Klembeckers. and they and they talk about what he's going to give them and what does he give them because he forgot to buy candy smokes <laughs> he gives out cigarettes what is he dressed as like a wrestler. Yeah, I was going to say, was he Hulk Hogan? I think he's supposed to be Hulk Hogan. I think he's, well, he's like Bloke Logan. <laughs> I think it's, it's, I don't know. It's, because he's the bulkster. Yeah. <laughs> it reminds me of when, um, in the during the Monday Night Wars, when they did the Huckster and the Nacho Man. <laughs> gotcha. I think he's dressed up as the Huckster. Cause That's probably it. Because that's what it reminded me of. Because I'm like, it's not quite Hulk Hogan. Wasn't he, didn't he try to give him, doesn't he try to give him beer first or something? No, they say, uh, 
hopefully it's better than last year because my mom wasn't okay with i think maybe he gave them beer oh, okay he goes well no i got cigarettes yeah he tries to give them cigarettes and then they complain <laughs> about it and he's like well then you don't get anything so only half the kids got cigarettes which isn't <laughs> fair yeah i guess maybe their moms and dads smoke i don't know we quickly flash back to blasney who's listening to some banging tunes on the spaceship <laughs> as he fixes it this is just watch this movie to hear that music I can't even describe it but over the music he hears a noise he goes out the ship to investigate and finds Mr. Wrenchmuller's traps Mm -hmm. but he doesn't fall for it he just shakes his head and goes back on the ship then we check in with Captain Bipto real fast and he's just concerned for his troops like a good leader like a good leader like a good neighbor State Farm is there (laughs) all right So then um, the Martians are talking, and they think Mrs. V might be onto them. So they decide to fire a missile out of the station wagon window. They fire a warning shot across her nose. Is that across her nose? Not up it. Because, (laughs) like, Gillywig is giving Mrs. V problems this whole time. And he fires a missile out the window. Which is never okay. And because you have any idea how hot it would be inside the car <laughs> when you shut fire a fucking rocket. You know what? This is Martian technology. And I don't understand. They, they like, never yeah. show us what it cold. hits. Yeah. But Captain Bipto heard it and is like, "The invasion has begun." So it was That's fucking not loud. Said it. That's not do it like he really said it. Give it. Come on, give it the gusto. Um, I. The invasion <laughs> has begun. <laughs> <laughs> That was bloody awful. Okay. Terrible. Terrible. Kathy has started... trash. Kathy has started at talking to the robot. And she asks the robot where these guys are from. And he shows her a picture of Mars. And then Mrs. V is pissed because they shot a missile out her window. (laughs) If it's one thing I can't stand. (laughs) And Gillywig says, look... When a vastly superior alien culture comes all this way to take over your world, certain basic laws of planetary conquest apply. For example, when someone points a quad-vectored hypothermic cosmo blaster at you, it's it's a fair bet you're about to become toast. Mr. Van and Mrs. V says, "Will you please sit down and be quiet?" And he says, "Or in your, or perhaps in your case, a whole loaf of toast." Oof. Which I think was a bad joke. It was, it was a bad joke. <laughs> I think it was a bad joke. Well, Miss Vanderpool is, is a larger woman. Voluptuous, I would say. But she gets pissed. But, yeah. That and does. she wants to know who their parents are. And then Kathy claims for, them as For no reason whatsoever. What the fuck is this? It's like, why? <laughs> They're from are California. Are claiming aliens? And she makes up names well, and then an totally... They go but our aliens are fast on their feet because she introduces them. And as they just, surfers. And they just what go with it. What called clutch. <laughs> <laughs> But, we also need to do point break. Right. It's the first one. Of the first one. Yeah. But Mrs. V is not impressed because, again, they shot a missile out her, her station wagon, and Gillywood keeps fucking insulting her. So she wants them out of her car. I'm going to do a crazy for Swayze month. Oh, so shit. So she pulls over, <laughs> and she kicks him out, and Kathy's like, I think I see my dad's truck. I'm going to get out here, too. <laughs> and her and Brian... You could do ghosts. And the robot get out too. And Brian doesn't really want to get out, but at the same time he does get out. He's easily influenced, this poor kid. 
Well, if he stays and it's just him and creepy lady who's not there with any kids. <laughs> I don't. I think there was another kid. I, there wasn't. I don't know. That was it. She only had the two of them in her car and the and aliens. And three aliens, yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. she, to go back a second, she had no kids. She had no nieces, no nephews. Now, I, I thought it was She had no reason to have children in her car. <laughs> I know that I've seen people do this, drive around their kids to trick-or-treat. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I hate that. I grew up in military housing, and we just walked. Yeah. Walked. And if we could, trips around and around. <laughs> <laughs> you ever go home to, and change uh, your costume? For the no. really good houses? No, we but we would shit. go home and empty our pillowcase and go yeah, out for a second pillowcase. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and you find the good houses and you but, change the costume. And there was, it didn't make sense to drive well, the, around take because one we, piece, we were townhouses. You got it. But it, <laughs> d- it does in this movie, though. But then, So then I was like, okay, it makes sense because they're in a small town. These houses are probably far apart. But then she just leaves them. And I'm like, well, how far are they away from the community? It was <laughs> weird because... Like, I could see picking up the kids that stay on the outlying farms because she takes them to a neighborhood that looks like it has regular houses. So she must have taken them in town. But then when she drops them off, they're in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, you can't do that. (laughs) She just like out. She kicks out five kids, well, three kids and then two jump out. And she just drives away like nothing's wrong. No, this small. is 1990. You can't do that. <laughs> I was small really town like, in the oh 90s. my god, what's going to happen to these kids? Well, the aliens stomp off this way. And Kathy tells Brian that she thinks these guys are from a lot farther away than California. Than California, And tells Brian to go get her dad. And he's like, motherfucker, what are you going to be doing? And she's going to follow them and see where they're going. But how is the br- poor Brian the Duck supposed to find the sheriff? Like, we don't even know where they are. And he's like, look, I only get half the candy in this bag, and there's not much in this bag. This better be worth it. <laughs> I just I mean, split I guess this candy could, with my sister. I guess he could walk in any store or whatever and say, I need the sheriff. I, his daughter and me are lost or something. But how is he going to find her again when she's walked we off? We don't know. See, this is not, there's no cell phones. Yeah, well, there's, there's no cell phones, but these kids don't have no, any. No. They're like the size of uh, briefcases at this point. You could <laughs> use that laser gun to let the cop out. Yeah, that would work. Maybe. But no, if you ever want to you know, not have kids anymore, you point that at your nuts. That's what I hear. And it'll, it'll it hurts the first time. It, yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. There's easier ways to do that. Um, so. <laughs> but are they as fun? <laughs> you can have laser Then getting tag, shot in the nuts with a laser gun? <laughs> I'm going to say yes. Many <laughs> things are more fun than getting shot in the junk with a laser gun. Okay, then don't just randomly come home when, you know, I'm hanging out with Tony and we're having laser gun fights. <laughs> just don't worry about it. Yeah. I'm playing laser bag. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Especially when, when Danny J is here. Then it gets real weird. Oh, crap. So you can't nick the bag, but you can vaporize the bag? Right. Okay, oh. good. I got it Nick clear. bag's also my name when we're in Vegas. I know that. <laughs> so... Another person who heard the missile boom was the sheriff. And the sheriff goes to check out Russell's because he's not bring, able to bring up Russell over the walkie-talkie. So he checks out the car, the and the car radio. has been <laughs> fucking... It looks like it was on fire. Yes. Yeah. De- partially destroyed. It's definitely got some major damage happening. Major damage. But Russell is not in the car. He does, however, find the tape from his video camera. So, the sheriff pockets that for evidence and goes could, on about his business. Found footage movie. Yeah, like the Blair Witch Project. Yep. That was a good. Ooh, you can't, oh, you can't do that. That's not. No, it either. cost like eighty thousand dollars and made eight hundred million. Yeah. <laughs> Blair Witch Two would probably apply, but that would be suck balls. Yeah, I, I didn't watch all of it. Yeah. I think they made a new one. I didn't see it. Uh, well, I think they went after the witch or something. Some kind of witch yeah. origins or something. 
back to Blasney and their spaceship. Mm-hmm. He's kind of concerned about the guys. And then he looks up, and there's Officer Ruffle. Ru- Ruffle? Sapir. <laughs> His name is Sapir. <laughs> Deputy Russell knocks on the window and asks uh, him to step out of the vehicle. <laughs> so he does. Gee, officer, what seems to be the problem? <clears throat> Blasney, of course, is doing a Jack Nicholson impression this whole time, which I'm not going to do. But Tony was like, I feel like he's doing Jack Nicholson. He totally is. (laughs) And he's doing it great. No, he's not. (laughs) I do want to point out that Russell's last name is Pillsbury. Wow. Deputy Pillsbury (laughs) says, no, and he says, gee, officer, what seems to be the problem? And Russell says, no license, no registration, no plates, no headlights, no taillights, no wheels, and I caught you going 3,000 miles per hour. In there. That's (laughs) 2,945 miles per hour in excess of the posted limit. To which Blasney... uh, That's reckless, I think. uh, A little bit. He replies, great, there goes my insurance. How would he know what that is? (laughs) But... The joke joke. wouldn't... Yeah. Well... I don't know, honey. We don't know much about That's Martian's amazing. life. That, that aliens in, on Mars, which, by the way, don't exist. Well, because you know Mars is the only planet that I know of that it's completely inhabited by robots. But True. And would, it sings happy birthday every year, and it doesn't pay for it. <sighs> Cheap bastards. But... I don't think that licensing applies to other planets. It does. It's, like, it's international waters, as a matter of fact. I learned that from the Martian as well. But more importantly, if Whistler fought Wade Garrett, who would win? Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> hey, hey. We're Whistler. on the, Space, oh, Invo- we're on the no, Space Invaders episode. Sorry, I was thinking of the Roadhouse one. We're not on the Roadhouse episode. Now, oh. Blasney <laughs> tricks Russell into back into backing up into Mr. Rengemuller's trap. <laughs> and then goes back into the ship and again tries to... Um, raise the guys on the radio and mm-hmm. instead catches the end of the War of the Worlds um, radio show, which lets it, and he's like, oh no, this was just a fucking radio broadcast. We've been bamboozled. Other than the fact they told you that's what they were doing, but whatever. Well, well they don't want to catch didn't hear they that. Didn't they didn't report. hear that. Oh, yeah. They heard a distress call and then they picked up in the middle that mm. the a- invasion has begun, so they thought it was part of the call they were hearing. I don't want to catch that discipline droids. Well, the discipline droid hears it too and declares that they have all failed. Uh-oh. Then we quickly flash to the sheriff who checks Russell's vlog and sees the fucking ship drive by. <laughs> He's like, and oh, At 3,000 miles an hour, you, it would be a blur. Yeah. Well. <laughs> I don't think the, that was a high-speed camera. <laughs> you don't think so? No. I think it was digital? He shot at an IMAX, <laughs> I heard. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's just the tracking, just right. You can see it. <laughs> but, yeah. But it's a movie. <laughs> it's like, wow, so he grabbed this camera from 1990 Look, and was able to see space. Skip- that's amazing. I'm going to skip over every single plot hole at 3,000 th- 3, miles an hour. And it's amazing. So, it probably wasn't even the VHS ones. It was the little ones, and yeah. you had to hook it up to the TV. You had to put it in the VHS. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Blasney... Blasney's begging the drone for a second chance. And the drone says, no th- no way, no how, and shoots him, and he falls out of the ship. Then we go back to our Martian crew, 
And Gillywig is ranting about how he wants to kill something. Something just came to me. I'm sorry I have to cut you off. Right in the beginning when they were talking about the, the road. Mm-hmm. Did anybody else catch that uh, one of the Martians said my Uncle Marvin? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I heard that. I meant to mention that. He's like, oh, Marvin. Marvin the Martian. <gasps> so, yeah. Marvin the Martian. Favorite tertiary object. <laughs> and so Gillywig is ranting about how he wants to kill something. And Dr. Ziploc thinks that they should find the fleet. But Gillywig wants to do it themselves so that they can be heroes. They don't need the fleet. They can destroy all these people themselves. And maybe not catch a disintegration. Wrench Mueller goes into the barn. Like a Thor Ragnarok with the goose stick. Mm. Mm. Wrench Mueller goes into the barn, frees Russell, and they find Blesney's body. And they load him up in a truck and take him to the community center. Because they and Shit's weird. They get there and they announce... We've been invaded by aliens. We have proof he's in the back of the truck. This is your, uh, what's it called? Spook hop or something? Oh, no, it's uh, Spook Luck. Spook Luck. Yeah, it's Spook Luck. Isn't this where the Spook Luck is happening? This is where the Spook Luck is happening. The Spook Luck. Yeah, and the big sign in the back on the building there says Spook Luck. Instead of a potluck, it's Spook Luck. Everybody's dressed up. And wouldn't you know that the alien is no longer there? No, because he wakes up. And he hears them announcing that the, that they're aliens, and he sneaks out of the truck and runs down an alley. <laughs> and and not before spilling some green paint. No, he spilled the green p- paint in Wrenchmuller's garage <laughs> because they picked because he was covered in it when they put him in the truck. Because when they go there to look at the body, they're like, "Well, he's gone, but his blood's right there." His green blood, and <laughs> which is also latex. The huckster <laughs> says, "Oh, this was nine. It's probably lead based." The huckster <laughs> says, "That's just green paint." And then Wrenchmuller says, no, they looked like this, and pulls an old magazine yeah. <laughs> up that has little green men on that it. That are fairly accurate. And they're all like, dude, you have lost your mind. <laughs> <laughs> they don't, the town doesn't seem to believe them, but then the sheriff comes up, and he says, it's aliens, I've seen it. And then they're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> and then all real. of a sudden they believe him. Even That's though, not how that exactly went, but sure. <laughs> even though this is it. only <laughs> the second day that the sheriff has been here. But they instantly believe that he was not getting high in the field. <laughs> and that there must be aliens. Fire sheriff. And then. Uh, high in the fields. At least bring something to the spook. The sheriff yeah. asks where Kathy is. And well, Mrs. V's like. Well, because Mrs. V says those aliens look just like the sheriff's nephews. And the sheriff is like, I don't have nephews. And she's like, yes, you do. I dropped them off with your daughter. And he's like, where did you leave my kid? (laughs) (laughs) She goes, wait, what? Yeah. Brian Brian finally arrives. That poor duck has been waddling forever. (laughs) And runs up. In October. Well, this is damn near November. Mm -hmm. In Illinois. Yeah. He's so very it's probably cold. fucking cold. It probably is cold. One, she left kids out in the cold alone. Someone kicked this bitch in the face. It's probably like <laughs> in mid fifties to low sixties. For me, that's fucking cold. Yeah. When I was yeah. growing up, there was a lot of times it would snow on Halloween. Wow. So we had to plan our costumes around whether or not we could wear sweatpants underneath. So Elaine was never Wonder Woman. Mm-mm. Well, you could be Wonder no, Woman with leggings or there something. Was, there was a span of about three years in a row when I was little that I was Fatty the Pumpkin, which was much like Brian's duck costume, a very similar shape, and my mom made it. Tell me three... Do you still have it? Three yeah. Halloween costumes when you were little. Lane, go. I was Fatty the Pumpkin. Okay. I'm I was a hard the time already. Queen of Hearts. Okay. I go last. And 
I was a ghost. A ghost? A ghost like, with like like a sheet ghost costume, mm-hmm. but the face was cut out and I had on like blue, yeah, like a really <laughs> light blue face makeup. Nice. I looked more like a corpse than a ghost, but still. It's all there. I remember being a fairy with wings. Mm-hmm. I wore that one to school and one of the teachers got mad at me because I got glitter on the floor. I remember. <laughs> I'm sorry, that teacher is a biatch. Oh, she was. She wasn't my teacher, but I had to sit in her room while the buses, because we were second mm-hmm. loaders on the bus. She was a bitch. She was Aaron's second grade teacher. <laughs> well, I'm Not I'm mine. calling it official biatch. I know I was a pumpkin at least once, and a ghost, probably a sheet ghost, mm-hmm. the same as you. You know. We did a lot of the um, plastic with the rubber band. Yeah. And yeah. Then the vinyl. Were you ET? No, I was Darth Vader, um, Frankenstein, and um, Godzilla. Oh, that's cool. I can only think of two. Mm-hmm. I was a Smurf. Yeah, mm-hmm. that only makes sense. I've seen that in pictures. <laughs> and I remember being the Wolfman because I had these big rubber gloves. Oh, I did gl- that too. I had big rubber gloves. <laughs> the latex gloves yeah. with the black claws and the right. hair on the forearms. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I like, reached out my sister and pulled out all of her hair. Oh, nice. man, you're an awesome kid. And I I know I was like I remember that mask yeah very vividly remember the fucking mask and you can't, you can't breathe out of it yeah. fucking string Sweat. kept breaking yeah. and then you had to kind of, you know you had to keep readjusting the string at the end of the night the thing was just yeah. so stuck it's but so I can't remember who I was, I was <laughs> but I remember the fucking mask <laughs> sucking I remember being a princess one year and we had you know how I don't know if you guys know but there was a thing where princesses used to have like this cone shaped. Hat like with the, the veil on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. veil. <laughs> I had one of those. That was fun. Yeah, now be your fourth. My so mom, stop cheating. My mom used to make our your costumes, fifth, so too. Audra would get to pick her costume, and then like two years later, I would wear that costume. Yep. This is the problem with being. So go child. on our Facebook so page and tell us your. My little your brother three, Jeff uh, was costumes. also yeah. Fatty the Pumpkin for a couple <laughs> years. Yeah, we had hand-me-down costumes. Actually, at my parents' house now, in the attic, there's just a bin. And as Halloween comes closer, we'll look in the bin like, is there something in here we <laughs> want to be this year? <laughs> I do that. I save my Halloween costumes recently past couple of years. And I'm like, okay, if I ever need a costume, boom, I got some shit. Yeah. We used to save all the kids' costumes and then Cross and his friends would play dress up and stuff. Hmm. I remember him being Indiana Jones just when we were hanging out. Because <laughs> he had a whip. Awesome. I had to go and buy him a whip. Because the whip that came to the costume sucked. And I was, I was with my buddy Kevin and we were walking around looking for a whip and it got weird. But things happen like that when you were Kevin. There was the D&D when him and his friend Chase were uh, the Mario Brothers. <gasps> I remember that, too. All right. We so. used to just be, like, doing a puzzle or playing D&D, and the kids would just pop out in costumes. Yeah. <laughs> they were just hanging out, having a good time. Ain't nothing wrong with that. All right. So, Brian the Duck has arrived. Oh, we're back and he's going to tell the sheriff about the aliens, but then he spots Blasney in the um Anybody else know which one he's talking about? The pilot. He's, he spots the pilot. Well, use the their app- real names. Pilot, guy with the red thing. <laughs> Jack Nicholson. I am using their... He spots Jack Ni- Tiny Jack Nicholson in the alley. And he goes and he's he runs off and confronts him. Then, while that's happening, the sheriff is trying to calm down the town. Yeah. But this is not working because these are crazy people. And then, there's a giant explosion at the TV store. Mm-hmm. And Gillywig... Has Doctor Ziploc has not real words. helped? <laughs> well, they're all like the we German gentlemen. We don't even know where the aliens are, and then the yeah. TV store explodes. And then Doctor Ziploc is transmitting video of Gillywig as he informs the town that the invasion has begun. 
Captain Bipto picks this up the transmission on his communicating device, you and he goes. The blowy thing used to come out because that was yes. that was amazingly stupid. <laughs> it's like those like little birthday party yeah, papers <laughs> that you blow into. They had two, and one on we, each side, and there was someone far away squeezing something to put them things up. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> they spent a whole five bucks on their visual effects hey, here. Look, in the beginning, the opening spaceships look like a bunch of acorn squash stuck together. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> it's fantastic. All right, tank, so shop. They, they went to the the grocery store and did the visual effects for yep. this. Captain Bipto is very excited because his boys have started the invasion, and then Gillywig tells them that he's going to show them, you know. I can't remember what he said. Show the, you know, he's like, this is what you people get. And he blows up the brand new off-ramp. Like nukes it. And <laughs> then he says next that they're going to blow up. I don't No. They're going to blow up their missile silos, which they're not missile silos. <laughs> Those are, uh, looks like corn silos. But yeah. the townsfolk are fucking pissed because they blew up the new off-ramp. And that's going to put Big Bean on the map. <laughs> and then they see the silos and they're and they say they're at the co-op and so they all jump in their trucks to drive down to the co-op and, and get the aliens. cracking off rounds with the cops behind them <laughs> <laughs> like shouldn't you save the bullets for the aliens meanwhile their laser death ray which they're firing at the silos heats up the silo so much that the corn because it's grain silo and it's full of corn pops <laughs> That's not how that works, but okay. And then there's an explosion of popcorn into and, an avalanche and over. What's luckily about the whole thing was they the had a, they they saved all the butter at the top. <laughs> <laughs> That's where they kept the, the butter for the town. Yes. So when it came down, it was already butter filled. So. Then but, the caramel planes flew over and <laughs> dropped it. They get buried. <laughs> they get buried in popcorn. The Martians are really confused. What is this? But it's delicious. <laughs> and then Pez, our gentleman in it's red, says, genius. I don't know what it is, but it's delicious. And they begin to eat their way out. Look, if you're ever trapped in popcorn, friends, listen to me here. Yeah. If you're ever trapped in popcorn, which is the day. Yeah. All right. We flash quickly eat to our Ella. crazy yahoos driving down the road, shooting at cats. And then um, I was like, oh, poor Middle America. <laughs> <laughs> And this is how Hollywood sees Middle America. Small town like, Middle America. Like, there's some schmuck out in Schmuckville. And this is like, yeah, this is what it's like out there. Then we flash to the pilot, to Tiny Jack and Brian, who have gone back to the spaceship because Brian confronted him in the alley. And he's like, I'm just trying to get home. Did he frisbee him with a... He <laughs> did frisbee him in the back with a garbage can lid because you don't mess with the frisbee champion. Okay. Yeah, why not? But... <laughs> Our Martians have left the co-op and have tracked the original signal to the radio station. They see the, day, the DJ and ask which way to the invasion. And the DJ says that it's all over. And it's a shame because they missed the end, which is the best part, when all the aliens died. <laughs> and they're like, oh, no. And then I think it's Gillywig says, well, where are the bodies? And then he tells them that the birds pecked at them and they're... And stripped off all their flesh, and the dogs ate their bones. And these, and the aliens, or whatever, Grimlock or whatever, he says, uh, well, what did they die from? And he goes, well, it was the germs. And then he sneezes on them. And then they freak out as good. if they're going to die. Now, I have a question that mm -hmm. might be appalling to you all. Mm -hmm. I've never heard, I, I know okay. of the story. Mm -hmm. Is that really how it ends? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> never seen War, War of the Worlds or any of them? No. Tom, That's a Tom Cruise movie. 
I have, that wasn't very good. I understand what good. happened mm. with Dakota Fanning. That people heard it and they thought it was real. I've heard all that, but yeah, I've never actually right. heard. Yes, in the, the end. So the aliens are winning. Yeah, and it looks us. like everything's gonna the earth is the humans we're are done. dead we're done for and then they just kind of keel over and everybody's like oh my god what happened but it turns out that the germ our germs infected them and they all fucking died which yeah. is probably pretty true like yeah. if another alien race comes here either whatever they have is going to kill us yeah. or we're going to kill them which mm-hmm. probably in the next 10 years we're going to start to die off because the permafrost is melting mm-hmm. and is unleashing all kinds of ancient germs. And there's going to be another round of plague real soon. So <laughs> happy Halloween, pots. everybody. Woohoo! <laughs> yeah, because it's real bad. like the whole time travel thing, that's the, one of the big issues about time travel is that all your new viruses that you're bringing with you, they don't have any immunities to. So you don't notice it, but you're killing everybody. Yeah. And your body doesn't have the antibodies for stuff that they don't worry about and it would kill you like... But so time travel, don't do it. Well, one one of those things like people are like Mother Earth will repair herself. Well, eventually, once the permafrost melts enough and all those old diseases are re-released into our ecosystem and we all die off, <laughs> like some shit you haven't even heard. Mother of. Nature will come back. <laughs> mm-hmm. Some the Life plague and finds a way. and smallpox. No, that's and all some kinds. shit you've heard of. <laughs> no, but it's like strains of the. They found like caribou and mammoths and defrosted mm-hmm. them, and they're it's infected like this stuff with is HIV weird on, strains on of plague. Steroids. I don't know what it's going to do. Smallpox and yeah. shit. All right, so so we'll look forward to that. Yeah. So um, when if that happens, whoever just, rejects life first, I want to be one of the first people that dies. <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends where it breaks out. <laughs> I think that it's fairly. I mean, I love you, and I think you're you'll be fine. But in an apop- apocalypse situation, I think you're probably in the first wave. To go. I I really think so. <laughs> I'm not I'm not insulted by that at all. I'm I'm happy to be in the first wave. See, <laughs> and that's what I've been saying about the zombie apocalypse for years. Like, oh, I'm gonna, no, I want to go first. I want I'm gonna go. I'm running at the zombies because I don't have to live <laughs> in a, in a place without. I don't have cable TV. Air conditioning's gonna go away. <laughs> yes, but if we could meet up with Jordan. The he Jordans? knows how, the Jordans would be very good. Yeah. I mean, they play mean basketball. <laughs> no, no, my uh, SWAT seal and uh, mechanic Jordans. Oh, oh that Jordan. There's a trio Not of Michael Jordans Jordan. who no. know how. There's a trio of Nor- of Jordans in our life who know a lot of cool shit. And mm-hmm. if you're on a, if there's a zombie apocalypse, those are the guys you want to hook up with. Cool. I'm gonna change eh, my name. All right. We're all gonna, we're gonna be the Jordans. Anywho's. <laughs> so back to our Martian. They friends. lack leadership, so that's my job. They're very sad, and they want to go home. Mm-hmm. Luckily, Dr. Ziploc has his Distress-O-Matic, <laughs> and he pushes it. Is what is going. the Distress-O-Matic? It makes the ship come to where It's a distress signal that calls the ship like a dog. Come to me, ship. Blasney, come to me, ship. Blasney freaks out because the ship is still broken, and it hip-hops like a rabbit or a giant yeah. kangaroo, mm-hmm. hippity-hop, bang-crash, bang-crash mm-hmm. across... Towns and yeah, and um, as when they push the distress omatic, it also sends a distress signal to Captain Bipto, and he tells Verntroid that they have to go to his boys because, or they that they have to go because his boys are in trouble. He keeps calling them his boys, which is funny. And um, Wrenchmuller arrives that, back at the barn. Is that sexist, or why don't you uh, approve what? boys? No, I think it's cute. Mm. Like it's funny, like like cute, funny. Oh, okay. Because he, you know, like, referring to them like they're his kids instead of his troops. He loves them. They're his boys. Mm. Anyways. 
So Wrenchmuller arrives back at the barn to see the ship tried to take off. And he's like, I can't let them escape. And goes into the basement and pulls out the farmer's secret helper. Fucking dynamite. Dynamite. But um, Jimmy Walker shows up. <laughs> so he goes out into the barn with the dynamite. And he goes on the on the ship that's all like powering up. And he's going to blow him up. But no, Blasney catches him in some kind of force field trap. Yeah, stasis field. Something. Sure. Yeah, at this point I was like, fuck, this movie's still going. <laughs> All right. We have another 40 minutes. Shit. <laughs> so, Brian is knocked off the ship. And he, goes to, and he goes and he finds Russell and the sheriff and points him in the direction of the Martians. Blasney finally gets the ship to stop. And... Kathy and the robot, her new robot buddy, see the ship and the robot tells Kathy that he's got to go because that's his ship. And she's very sad because they're now best friends. They have formed a relationship. Yes. They're besties with no testes. Whoa. But as he's going to, as he's talking to her saying their sweet goodbye, all of a sudden the discipline drone shows up. Dum, dum, dum. And they scream and run on the ship. Then Pez, Gillywig, and Dr. Ziploc find the ship and they get on the ship and they want Blasney to take off it's time to get out of here and he doesn't he wasn't there when Captain Bipto died so like he doesn't ask where's the captain but he's like we can't he's like we can't (laughs) this is like the aliens from fifth element Mm -hmm. if you're not right there they don't give a fuck (laughs) (laughs) but even if you got the key on your finger. Right. Captain Bipto does arrive, gets on the ship, and scares the holy bejesus. The holy bejesus? The holy bejesus. Not the happy bejesus. The holy bejesus. <laughs> the holy bejesus. I'm going to that. He scares the happy bejesus out of him. <laughs> instead, is that instead of like a whole bejesus, it's like a sweet eight-pound baby bejesus? That's right. All right. So, um. Six ounce. He scares the shit out of him because they all thought he was dead. Except for Blasney, who didn't know he was she dead. She said the shit down to the bejesus. I'm, I'm confused. Then the crazy... What came out of this fucking thing? <laughs> then Lots the... of stuff. Lots of stuff. <laughs> then... all, of the, all, of, all of the things. Look, then the crazy townies arrive. And they shoot at the ship with all of their shotguns. And then um, this is when Captain Bipto's like, we didn't win, did we? <laughs> no, but if we get there soon enough, we can and lie about it or something Gillywig like explains to the captain that it was all a mistake. And they're like, we're going to die. Mm-hmm. And then the captain is like, no, we'll use the DOD. What is the DOD, you ask? It's some sort of bomb. They come out of the ship, <coughs> and they have a little, a metal... Sphere? Sphere they're around holding the, a piece of a it. A metal ring. So it looks like they're in a pool floaty donut. Yeah. And they come out of the Which ship. might have actually been a pool floaty. And they tell the humans. <laughs> the budget they spent on this thing. Well, they tell the humans to surrender or be obliterated. And the humans are like, well, you would be obliterated too. And they're like, no, because this is the donut of destruction. And everything inside the donut is safe. So you would be obliterated and we would be fine. And then, like, wrench, oh. and then what's his name? The stupid bank guy. Says Clem Becker. Clem Becker, Grimlock, <laughs> points out that their ship would blow up. And then Pez yells, the guy in the red jacket, that we're all gonna die. <laughs> and, but Gillywig is fed up and he shouts, Prepare to die, Earth scum! And he takes the trigger hmm. out of Captain Bipto's hand and sets it off. But it malfunctions. 
and falls apart. Like everything else. <laughs> and then they run away. <laughs> Kathy, meanwhile, is on the ship. Mm-hmm. And she finds Wrenchmuller and releases him. And then they get off the ship and go find her dad. Then her dad is like, where the hell have you been? And she's like, aliens. <laughs> and he's like, get in the car. And he's like, Mr. Wrenchmuller, are you okay? And he's like, no. <laughs> Would you be? And then and they put him in the car. And then Russell notices that there's something really wrong with his brother, Vern. Uh-huh. Who is Vern Troyd, Captain Bipto's slave? They don't notice that there's something <laughs> on the neck that's yeah. blinking. That's p- not well, part of the Zorro costume. It could be part of the Zorro. It could be Robot Zorro. Yeah. <laughs> Robotzo? Um, I'm trying to mix Cyborg and Zorro, but it's not working. Zorbot? Mm-hmm. It could be Zorbot. Zorbot. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Vern. I don't know, but Zorro was the original Batman, so. Mm-hmm. Vern is trying to contact Captain Bipto, but Captain Bipto is too busy running away. All right, so the drone was coming to the ship as well, following the sound of the stress matic And one of and one of the times that the ship hopped, it hit the drone and kind of knocked it into a field, and it looked like I don't know, it knocked it out. Can you knock out a robot? Who knows? Sure. It was disoriented, but a little. <laughs> he reactivates and flies off. Then the sheriff puts Russell in charge. And says, and he gets in the car because he's going to take the kids and wrench Mueller home. And I guess he tells Russell he's the sheriff now, which I don't think that's how that works. It's kind of like you have the bridge number one. Like, <laughs> um, I got some shit to do. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess I mean, he's I a, guess he can deputize somebody if he has to. Well, he is the deputy already. Yeah. He's just saying, I'm out for a little while. You got, yeah. you hold down the fort. And, you know, Russell's a quality officer. He did give a ticket to a spaceship. True. The only person ever do that. I mean, that takes some balls that weren't fired upon with a laser. I think Jay did that in uh, Mission uh, Men in Black 3. Well, that's later, though. But we see... <laughs> okay, so the sheriff takes takes off, and we see this drone sneak back onto the ship. Then, at the home, Kathy and the sheriff argue about the aliens. Because he he's going to call the National Guard or something, and she's like... But they're not bad. They're just dumb. We have to help them go <laughs> they're home. Bad. They're stupid. <laughs> no, I think she said stupid. Yeah. Stupid? stupid, yeah. And she and she's like, we have to help them. And he's like, look, I have to, I'm here to enforce order. And she's like, you only care about your job. Not these weird aliens from another planet that tried to invade us. It's like, you're correct. It's a, <laughs> There's always one that sides with, you know, like, no, we need to think about the aliens. It's always a sympathizer. Yeah. It's a, it's a like, very strange... They have the bubonic plague and they want to live next door to you. Yes, but they should be allowed to live there. <laughs> Fuck you. But really, they, I mean, they did a little bit of damage, but they didn't really hurt anybody. I'm sorry, what was the first thing that uh, Homeboy said when he got here? Prepare to die, or stump. They also nuked a ramp, and they were going to shoot the donut of destruction on people. Okay, so they were going to obliterate the TV store. So the sympathy for them is that I don't know if from one to ten, it's like a two, and and we don't even know what's going to happen to the popcorn. You know, right? Mm -hmm. Think about all the corn. Yeah, now we have no corn. You know what? Did I say two? I meant negative two. Hey, hey, hey! hey. Everybody likes popcorn. Exactly, and now we can't have any because numb nuts and numb nuts and Bipco. Well, we should all just move this. Maybe they were just trying to contribute. To the spook look? Really? When they were trying to 
They were trying to blow up the, the Their dish silos. to pass was popcorn. The missile silos? Really? You're on the side of the aliens. You're that fucker? No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm just saying. And the zombie poplets are throwing you first. <laughs> They're just They're really cute. They're just really cute. Okay, so he, They're not cute. He sends Kathy to bed. Then we flash to the Martians yeah, sitting around a campfire. They're kind of wondering what they should do. And they're sad because they might just be stuck here until they die of germs. Or they get uh, collected by the government and have experience. <laughs> dissected for all eternity. Yeah. And um, they start singing. Aww. Home, home like in cats. the asteroid field. <laughs> no, we did like cats. Yeah, a little too much. Yeah. All right, so. Before you leave your seat for that final snack, I want you to know I've got your cat. <laughs> ah! Really? No. <laughs> they're, they're singing a, a, a ode to their home set to the tune of Home on the Range. <laughs> no, I did a bit from Alf. Okay, and then <laughs> the robot has, sn- has snuck off to see Kathy, his buddy. Mm-hmm. Which is And weird. he wakes her up, and uh, he's apparently got a plan, which he shows some stuff to Kathy, and then he goes to the Martians and wakes them up, and they're, and they're like, what's up, little buddy? And he's like, I got a plan. Well, he communicates only through pictorials, though. <laughs> well, he doesn't have a voice. He's like Bumblebee. And since they didn't have but any visual. plan, they agreed to follow said plan. Mm-hmm. And they go back to the co-op. And Kathy meets up with the Martians and Brian, who's finally out of his duck costume. And, and his mom made it for him, but she is not in this movie. And her kid never came home. <laughs> <laughs> well, when he did finally come home, though... He definitely lost his duck feet because mm-hmm. he threw them off. He took them off earlier. And he said, "Mom will understand." <laughs> Mom might be with the town, crazy townies shooting at a spaceship. And she's not worrying about. Hey, where's my son? Because let me tell you something. If I'm out at, at the townies at the Spook Luck and there's an alien invasion and my kids aren't there, I'm gonna go find them. <laughs> All right, well, but like that's priority one. But Kathy and the Martians form a plan, I guess, and Captain Bipto calls for. To Vern Troyd. Uh, Blasney gets an alert from the ship that the engines are having a meltdown and they need to get it into zero, zero G before they explode. And they have about a half an hour or so. So shit's getting serious. <laughs> Vern Troyd goes back to the gas station. <laughs> as serious as they can get in this movie. <laughs> to ready the battle vehicle. Serious is in quotes. <laughs> so Brian... They split up. Brian takes most of our Martians to the gas station where they watch Vern Troyd make a kick-ass battle vehicle. And Kathy takes Blasney to the ship. It's ready. Farmzoid! <laughs> Why you gotta yell at us? We, we're all, we, we all saw the movie. You don't have to surprise us. We saw it. <laughs> Vern Troyd has made a fucking Godzilla farm equipment m- Monster with a mere 250 horsepower, and this is a diversion. The sheriff, who's back on the scene with the town crazies, spots Blasney and Kathy hiding behind a car because they are not hiding well. If the well, sheriff he, can see them, he was at home and he realized that she was yeah. gone, so he went back because he heard something, I think, and he ran to get her and she wasn't there. And then they explain that they need to get into the ship, that it's going to explode, and everybody's going to die. And he's like, how are you going to do that? And they're like, well, we got a distraction. Farmzoid. And they're like, see, distraction. That's not how they said it. No, that's how I said it. The diversion has arrived. And it's a diversion. 
It, it works. Is. So Blasney and Kathy and the sheriff get on the ship, but it's still having problems. So Blasney is trying to get the sheriff to help him fix shit. They, um, let's see. They talk to Captain Bipto over their little antenna communication <laughs> device. You can't see it, but I'm wiggling my fingers. <laughs> those aren't antennas. Those are to make little blowy antennas. Those well, are blowy things. But if I made a blowing a blowy noise, they wouldn't hear it. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness gracious! But they go to meet at the farm. Miss Wrenchmuller had came with the sheriff when they found Kathy missing, and he says, "I've got an idea," because they don't have enough thrust to lift the ship up. Mm-hmm. So this is genius. <laughs> They get to the farm, and Mueller again shows all the Martians his giant pile of dynamite. Dynamite! Now, we haven't talked about it, but throughout the movie, Mueller's been trying to take pictures of the aliens and convinced that as long as he's the only one that has pictures, then he can be rich and he can save his farm. So he's getting all this dynamite out, and we're like, is he just going to blow them up? (laughs) You're not the only one. Or is he actually trying to help them? The aliens thought that, You're not the only one, because Blasny gets the ship to the farm. And then, when the Captain Bipto and Wrenchmuller and everybody comes up with the dynamite, Blasny's like, this guy's been trying to blow us up. All he cares about is his story and making money. He's going to kill us. And Captain Bipto says, shut up. (laughs) I know what I'm talking about. And he, Captain Bipto then releases Vern Droid from his control, but it doesn't make the mind control thing fall off. He's just no longer his slave. And um, then he, he thanks the captain and says that he's got a lot of work to do in this town and comes out of his farmzoid vehicle and hits on... The mummy chick. Clem Becker's girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, who's dressed like a mummy. Yeah, she's in the background in a bunch of shots, and she walks like a mummy. Mm-hmm. It's very... She's very into costume. Never break character. Never break character. It's very similar to the way the mummy walked in um, the Monster Squad. Yeah, she's doing it. a very good Monster Squad impression. We should do Monster Squad. So, oh, wait, we did. Oh, we did? Yeah. As they wow. pile up the dynamite around... You should go back and listen to the Monster Squad episode. Around yeah, yeah. the spaceship, the sheriff tells Wrenchmacher, he's like, I don't know if you know what you're doing. NASA spends all this time calculating these things, <laughs> and I don't think this might work. And Wrenchmuller is like, do you have a better idea? We got to get them off this planet, and it'll now's solve time. them. He's like, look, this is going to work one way or the other. <laughs> <laughs> he's not wrong. No matter what, we're done here. <laughs> They're almost home free. But then the disciplinary drone awakens. Mm-hmm. And he's going to kill everyone. And Kathy convinces him that he can't kill everyone because they got to get the spaceship off the planet. Mm-hmm. Because if the spaceship explodes and destroys the Earth, that will have enough forth to force to shove Mars she starts to say it would obliterate Earth and kill everybody and I think it's Blasney jumps on this bandwagon and says that if it destroys the Earth it will disrupt Mars's um, orbit which will send Mars hurtling into the sun and destroy the whole planet and that will not that would be quite the blemish on your record <clears throat> probably not into the sun but it would probably knock it off course a little bit <laughs> and uh, the drone says you're right and the aliens get back on the ship. 
and they all say goodbye and Kathy says thanks for not killing them and the drone's like you misunderstood I'm not going to kill them now I'm going to obliterate them once we get into space because they're absolute failures and Kathy starts to cry and is like you're evil (laughs) yes yes that's disciplinary droid or whatever he's called he looked at her and he goes duh (laughs) Retschmuller is like you're right those guys are dumb thank you for saving our planet and in honor of this I'd like to present as as the um, what does he say ambassador of earth (laughs) I want to give you this glycerin award it's grand award (laughs) and the drone is like it doesn't look like much and he's like well wait until I light it Created by Alfred Nobel himself. He tells the kids to go in the house for refreshments or something. Mm -hmm. Go get the champagne. Go get the champagne, yeah. And um, I'm just going to back up. (laughs) He lights it and the drone is like, oh, it is quite pretty. (laughs) And, you know, Reichmuller's talking to him and he's pontificating and he's like, let me back up so I can get the whole ship in the in the photo to commemorate this occasion and the drone is like do you think there's going to be enough light oh, and he's be like oh there's going to be plenty of light <laughs> and explosion and he blows up the discipline droid and then the aliens who didn't even know this was happening were like what the hell was that and Kathy's like Mr. Retchmuller blew up the discipline droid yay I love her voices. <laughs> Carly, you never do voices. No, I don't. Tony, okay, I would be terrible. More voices. So, I, I'm, I'm gonna get on it. So now they're free. When to... When I do voices, people complain about it though. <laughs> the folks at a boot. So now they're free to take off, and they only have like five minutes left. But Kathy, as a souvenir, gets to keep their weird communication device, with, so she can with... communicate. With the robot. Who doesn't speak. Yep, who doesn't speak. Right. With but. <laughs> not much of a conversation. <laughs> she, she does a countdown. Like, wait a minute, so now you get to talk to this thing and hope that the alien robot can hear you? That's amazing. <laughs> well, Wrenchmuller has hooked up a, a detonator, and Kathy counts down. Four, five, three, two, one. Explosion. And then Kathy... <laughs> Kathy shouts, you blew them up! And he said, and Mr. Wrenchmuller goes, boy, did I! And they all look up, and there's the spaceship. And it worked. And Blasney turns that on the... That wouldn't work. Blasney <laughs> turns on the um, engine, and they're it's working, it's working, but no, they're too heavy. So they start lightening the load, lightening the load. <laughs> Gillywig, who wasn't able to get into a seat, has fallen across the ship and into the bathroom. And... Um, they, they dump everything, but they're too heavy. And Gillywig says, not everything, and pulls a lever and covers Big Bean in alien poo. Mm-hmm. And you can see it come out, and it's this green mist that covers Wrenchmuller's farm. And that's enough to lighten their load. How much poo was in there? <laughs> I don't know. My physics hurts. <laughs> <laughs> but that's enough that they can safely take off, and they have... Made it out of the atmosphere. It was really dense. So the, the next Martians have really dense poopoos. Yeah. So the next morning, Clem Becker arrives at the Wrenchmuller farm with tags on his clothes, with tags to repossess it, and he tells Mister Wrenchmuller that unless he has money or a cash to sign over, this farm is his, and give him the keys. And Wrenchmuller says, "If you want these keys, go get them," and chucks them over the house into the field. And the sheriff came up 
came with him and says, I'm sorry, Mr. Wrenchmuller, but these papers are illegal. There's nothing I can do. And Wrenchmuller says, do you want to hear something funny? And he says, sure. And he wait says, for wait for it. And then we hear Clem Becker shout, Arg! And they go around the corner. And apparently alien poo is a fantastic fertilizer. Because it made giant beans. Because the biggest beans to ever hit big bean. Whoa. These beans are like the size of a human. They're big. It looked like Rick Moranis had had his um, shrinking machine and put it the other way. But he definitely now has one hell of a crop to sign over. And there's no way Clem Becker is getting his farm. Also, I don't think i would eat those beans because well, also how are you transporting and we're not we're not ready for these beans <laughs> <laughs> are you gonna sell one yeah, not ready for i my will beans. say clem becker wanted the land so he I'll could take build more roads and make the town bigger and more of a spot for people to show up to hmm. and he's not going to be able to build a road where these giant beans are because no definitely not yeah. probably from monsanto well even if they're only just in a tourist attraction that's going to bring people well, they, he's not building a road through where you know what? Well, they blew be, the off ramp up. Yeah, let's it. be serious. Oh. He's not going to build any more roads because now they have to repair the off ramp, mm-hmm. which the aliens. I like to refer to it as an on ramp. Well, it's an off and on ramp. Whoa, shit. But we get one quick little scene with the aliens as Captain Bipto says, you know, we might be able to catch up with the end of the invasion fleet in Arturus. And they tell him to shut up. And go, and they go home to the asteroid belt, asteroid patrol, mm-hmm. and that. See, so home is the end asteroid belt. Home is Mars. Of our much movie. closer, <laughs> like a whole lot closer. Yeah. And that's the end. Mm-hmm. Okay. Dun dun dun. No dun dun dun. Dun dun dun. Post credit flatulence scene. No. No. Okay. Well. Uh, I mean, you know what? If a movie was going to have one, this was a good. Ch- there was a good chance. Yeah, it would have been. After you dump poop all over somebody and right. throws big beans. So we're going to start with Carly. <gasps> with me! Oh, didn't see that coming. Mm-hmm. My favorite character was the sheriff. Really? Yes. Because I thought he was a pretty good dad, and he was just doing the best he could. Mm-hmm. He didn't blow off the kid when she was like, no, the aliens. and But he still, you could tell, was doing his best and she still mostly other than when she snuck out did what he asked even Mm -hmm. if she didn't want to so they have a good relationship yeah and he's just doing his best as a single dad um and as a sheriff of this crazy town (laughs) my least favorite character was mrs vanderpool i was not down with this weird lady who doesn't have kids taking them trick-or-treating and leaving them in the middle of nowhere Fuck that yeah. lady. <laughs> and you're right. It's probably very cold. Like, she basically left these kids to die. Yeah. <laughs> She's lucky they didn't. My favorite scene was when they blew up the alien droid thing by convincing it that it was getting <laughs> an award. I thought that was funny. My favorite line was when Captain Bippo said, We did win, didn't we? And... Blasney said, no, but if we think fast enough, we might just live to lie about it. <laughs> My favorite tertiary object. I wanted to pick the little robot droid because I enjoyed the robot droid. But mm-hmm. I had to pick the Zagnut bar. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as I saw it on the screen, I said, oh, there it is. It's my favorite tertiary object. She it is my bars. favorite candy bar. 
and you never see them. And it was in this, this, this movie. This Beetlejuice. There's only two times. <laughs> <laughs> and the Great Outdoors. Oh yeah. Yeah. Remember when he's they were trying to get the bears? Oh, was, the Zag nuts. Nice Zag nut. Ah, you never see them though, and they're delicious, and I love them. <laughs> All right. Now I will say. <laughs> that being this said, this does not bode well. This movie, I, I, it, it, I had a hard time paying attention to it. Like it, I kept drifting off. It, it didn't hold, it didn't hold my attention. attention. Mm. However, you're right. It's not a movie necessarily for me. It's a family movie, which means it's for little. You kids You could turn it on for the kids and be like cooking and not really have to worry. And recently, I will admit, when I was in Florida with the children, we watched this movie on the Disney Channel called Zombies or Zombie that was a musical that was way worse. (laughs) I would pick showing this one and listening to it in the background over that one. Um, So I'm going to May Bay it. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I'll take it. (laughs) John. My favorite character is Wrenchmonger. What is his name? Uh, Wrenchmuller? Yeah, him too. <laughs> the crotchety old man. Yeah, because, I don't know. I, you enjoy a crotchety I old enjoy man a crotchety in old the movie? <laughs> My least favorite character is also Mrs. Vanderpool for the exact same reasons. I'm like, this bitch left little kids to die in fucking <laughs> Illinois. <laughs> Unforgivable. Um, my favorite line is... Uh, you must be kidding. No, this is a bad. This is a bad idea. You better hope not. Oh, when he tells the drone yeah. that just for the record, I thought this was a bad, bad idea. idea. And he says you better hope not. My favorite scene is when um, Wrenchmonger has put the Zagnut on the on the mousetrap, <laughs> trying to get the alien, and the alien looks at it and walks away. And goes, must be one of those healthy people. <laughs> <laughs> it's like eh, okay. It would have worked for me. <laughs> My favorite tertiary object hmm, is going to be the communicator with the blowy thingies. Okay. Because that thing's fucking ridiculous. With the blowy thingies. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to have to nay this movie because it, was, it wasn't funny. It wasn't entertaining. It wasn't cute enough to like keep your attention. And if you want to watch a good Halloween movie, uh, watch The Monster Squad. Something kid appropriate. If Monster Squad isn't really kid appropriate. Sure, it's just because the little kid says chicken shit. No big deal. Yeah, lots and, of people die. <laughs> you know what? Kids need to learn. People die. <laughs> this is a little bit more of an upbeat, fun music movie. Are you kidding me? Wolfman's got nards. That's hilarious. All right. Show me a kid who's not going to laugh at that line. Yeah, all right. Your dead inside and have no sense of joy. Tony! Oh, <laughs> speaking of dead inside. <laughs> Um, my favorite character was the uh, Jack Nicholson alien. Blasney. Mm-hmm. My least favorite character was uh, Ron Ger- Ron Burgundy. No, Clem Becker. Yeah. Favorite scene. Uh, he's looking for one. Oh, I, li- I I liked when the, the, the um, I, I called him a DJ, but he's not a DJ. The radio guy explains yeah. the aliens, the end of the world, sneeze and then it sneezes on him. My favorite line is uh. Miss Vanderspool says, all right, children, look both ways before crossing the street. And Giggy Wig says, if only Captain Bipconer had known. <laughs> <laughs> and my favorite tertiary object is Jack Nicholson Alien's sunglasses. All the aviators? Yeah. Let's see. This movie. 
um, this. Me personally, I don't. I, this is a nay for me. But well, I do so understand. <laughs> I, like, I, I have to cut it. At one like point, it I do understand. We were like 15 minutes in the movie, and Tony goes, Is this a joke? <laughs> is the real movie going to start? <laughs> it, was, it was a tough. It was a tough watch. But I do understand your put it on for the kids because I did think of that when you you know while we're watching it is there is no a lot of kids movies have inappropriate jokes in it that maybe the kids won't get but maybe the kids will get but this didn't really no so it's a safe watch for the kids and stuff so if you have if you're gonna put on for kids put on kids but I my, me myself so I didn't Tony's really saying it. nay nay yeah. you suck you know what now that you think about it Master Squad he does ask a girl she got dorked so well, he calls that kid a F word too yeah I <laughs> <laughs> really like kids movie John. <laughs> I'm thinking about it now. I'm like, I've, I recommended yeah. that as a kid movie. And yeah, no, I'm yeah. watching it in my head. I'm going, yeah, that's probably not appropriate. <laughs> but fuck it. Watch it anyway. You got to learn sometime. All right. <laughs> so I'm going to take it home. Yeah, well, that's the person who t- drives. <laughs> my favorite character is Blasney, the Jack Nicholson alien. He's the best. He's the best part of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, my least favorite character, I originally put Clem Becker, but I actually scribbled him out and put the sheriff. Because when Carly said that her, he was her favorite character, I'm like, but he's dry as a piece of toast. <laughs> wow. So I scribbled out Clem Becker, who is terrible, but I kind of, but terrible with a purpose. Okay. And uh, that's why I didn't for pick the him. sheriff, who's Way to convince somebody, toast. Carly, good job. Well, that's why I didn't pick Clem Becker. Like a whole loaf of toast? My favorite scene is like a six-way tie between every... You can't have a six-way tie. A six-way tie? <clears throat> that, that's a six-way... Like a six- or seven-way tie between seven every way time... Tie. Can I finish my sentence? Between, <laughs> just tie. every time that Blasney, the pilot, is in the movie, I enjoy what's happening. So there's not really one moment I like more than the others. I just like every moment he's in the movie. How so. old were you when you first saw this movie? Oh, I'm sure I saw it in 1990. Okay. <laughs> I might have seen this in the theater. Just checking. Wow. Really? This is, <laughs> yeah. this is a rose-colored watched, glasses movie. I watched this a lot as a kid. Yeah, this is rose-colored glasses um, if I've ever seen it. My favorite tertiary object is the popcorn. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a good one, though. <laughs> so Good object. I think this is funny. Mm-hmm. I giggled while I was watching this. I like a funny one-liner, and there was, there was some one-liners. But and you never laugh at mine. <laughs> <laughs> I do sometimes. I can't help myself. I don't want to laugh at yours, but I do. Because <laughs> I don't want to give you the satisfaction of a giggle. Damn. Oh. But I giggled at this movie, and I still enjoy it. And I know it's a it's a family movie, and we've seen on this podcast over and over that I still enjoy a family movie. This is a movie you that you can watch with your kids, but I think as an adult, there's enjoyable things in there, much like... Not it's not as well done as like a Pixar movie, but a Pixar movie are done. There's parts of those that are just as enjoyable for adults as kids, and I think like the Jack Nicholson impression and the one-liners. There's some good dialogue in here, some adult dialogue. Like my oh, I forgot my favorite line. Oh, um, <laughs> like my favorite line is when they're Captain they're explaining to Captain Bipto that their invasion has failed. And Giggywig says, let me sum up sum up the entire situation in a nutshell. There are five of us and four billion of them. They have strategic air command, nuclear powered submarines, and John Wayne. We have this. And holds up a small rifle. Captain Bipto asks if it's loaded and he says, Let's find out. <laughs> and um 
but so like there's good lines and kids would not understand that that's clearly for an adult and i think there are enjoyable things in here if you like a just kind of a fun afternoon okay so you should give it a watch this halloween season (laughs) okay carly (laughs) all right (laughs) all right well Please find us on Facebook.com slash the underappreciated movie podcast, on Instagram at Unmovie Podcast Dogs, and on Twitter at Unmovie Podcast. You can email unmoviepodcast at gmail.com and uh, subscribe, rate, review. Tell two friends, tell two friends. Yeah. Maybe tweet at us your three favorite your yeah. three favorite Halloween costumes or from the when Facebook you were page. growing up. Or the Facebook. Yeah, maybe send us a picture on the Facebook. That would be Ooh, fun. if you have a picture of your favorite Halloween thing, we'll, maybe we'll find Elaine in that fatty pumpkin. I think it's on my Facebook. Oh, okay. I might be able to find... We, maybe we can post a picture when we were Ninja Turtles. <laughs> yeah, I can find it. That's easy. Yeah. That's actually on Facebook. Maybe we can just post a few Halloween pictures this month. I think the picture of me on Facebook is my sister as a witch, me as Fatty Pumpkin, and my brother as the ghost. Okay. Nice. <laughs> we'll look forward to that. Um, we'll and next time. week on the podcast... Is John's pick... You know, I thought about this. And Roadhouse. Awesome. Roadhouse. That's a great Halloween movie, Roadhouse. Oh, we gotta do Halloween movie? No. You can do Roadhouse. I thought you would do Halloween. Well, you know, we talked about doing Halloween movies. <laughs> Let me think of one real quick, because I was all about Roadhouse for me. But we're gonna put Roadhouse in my back pocket. <laughs> Alright. So, uh, shit, I really want to do the Roadhouse now. Oh, he's point break. Ooh, point break would be another good one, but that, that's a summertime movie. Let's do that in the summer. Okay. So, something Halloween y. Halloween. Let me you think, could let me do Halloween y. Halloweeny. No, I got it. I got it. This is the best idea ever. Balade. No, Blade. Balade. Balade. That joke isn't funny. <laughs> Balake. Just because We're it Balake made Carly at. laugh doesn't make a joke funny. Hey, A-Rod thought it was funny. Oh, so did Timothy. So vampire movie? Yeah, vampire movie. I'm stealing your, your of, sugar. That's kind of my thing. That's kind of your thing? Well, fuck it. We're, I'm, it's my second guess. I'm running out of time on Home on the Range here. So we're going with... <laughs> no, we're only like a third of the way through. This well, is a long song. Well, sh- <laughs> shit. 1998's Blade. I'm not surprised you don't like my movie, Tony, because you were talking on Facebook about how you don't get why people like Hocus Pocus either. Yeah, don't Which I that. also enjoy. That movie sucks. <laughs> it's terrible. It's, it's not horrible. terrible. No, it's fucking horrible. Not terrible. It's fucking horrible. I don't get it. <laughs> it's just a mild, inoffensive movie. Why don't you like movies that are just it offended small, me in how enjoyable bad it was. things? No, it's good. I think it's a, I think it's a nostalgia thing. I yeah, think it is. I have the rose-colored glasses theories that you see these movies with rose-colored glasses and you saw when you were a little kid. It's like... This but movie I still, sucks. I still liked it. Like, I laughed. Yeah. <laughs> Out loud. Because your little child, Elaine, is in you going, come back to me. That's like all these people who I think, think Star Wars is a writing a horror movie right now. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, we'll see you next goodbye. Week. <laughs>